breathing out. Breathing out. And it got me thinking about another time that I remember when God breathed out. If you've got your Bibles, flick over with me to Genesis. Now, chapter 1 is the account of the creation of everything. The universe, the planets, the stars, the galaxies, the earth, the trees, the sea, the rocks, the mountains, the animals, the fish, the birds, and the people. And throughout chapter 1 of Genesis, we read these words, And God said, and God said, and God said. Can I ask you this question? Have you ever tried to say something without air coming out of your mouth? You can't do it. You, t you show me somebody with a breathing problem, and I'll show you someone who has a speech problem. Breath is the vehicle that our words use. And God breathed. He spoke, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. And he spoke everything into being. But then we get to, let's have a look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed a breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Here is, here is God. Can you imagine God just grabbing the dust, grabbing the dirt, and molding it like clay? And this lifeless form, this lifeless human form, this earthy man being there. And then God places his mouth over the man's nostrils and, and breathes into him. And it says that. It says, he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Some translations say a living soul. You see, that verse, my friends, should bring hope enough that we are not monkeys that are just smarter. This speaks about a God who creates everything with his word, but he creates people differently. He grabs the dust, he grabs the earth, and then he breathes into it. Heaven breathes into earth. You see, another place God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make people in our image. That's why we're so different to the other living things on this planet. Because God has created us by, from earth, but with a heavenly perspective. Another Bible verse in Ecclesiastes says that he has set eternity in the hearts of people. Each and every person is created in the image of God. It's his plan that each and every person 
would be breathed into from heaven. And if we stop the story there in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it's a good story. In fact, the whole of chapter 2 is pretty good. It's awesome. But then, unfortunately, the story doesn't end. And we get to chapter 3, where we see that Adam and Eve decide to disobey God. And they turn away from wanting God as their king. They say, you know what, I don't need God in my life. I can run the show myself. And the Bible calls that sin. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God. And what happens is then that sin brings death. Because it makes our because sin makes our spirits unheavenly. God breathed out that very first time to breathe life into humans. But sin, sin took that life away. Then I skip forward and I see in John's Gospel, if you want to skip with me to John's Gospel, go right ahead. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. <clears throat> now between, between the New Testament and Genesis chapter 3, we see, we see God searching for people again because they've wandered away from him. And, and here in John chapter 1, we see God entering into the scene. God breathing again. We celebrate this, this breathing into the scene of God at December, at Christmas time. We celebrate that God breathed. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's talking about Jesus. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. He came, in verse 10 it says, He came into the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He breathed. He came, became part of His creation. The Word of God, the Word, the breath of God became life. He put on earth. He put on a body. And we're told in the Bible that He was, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary. See, he was, he was a man, but he had the Holy Spirit. So he was a man that could live in relationship with God and show us how, how to live in relationship with God sinlessly because he had the Holy Spirit. He was fully God and he was fully man. And so Jesus showed the world what God looked like in flesh as the person of Jesus. Jesus breathed out many times. He breathed out a couple of times to heal people. He breathed out to speak truth that would last forever. But particularly want to look at Luke 23 to see where Jesus 
breathed out his last. It says, by this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. His spirit was holy. You see, yours and my spirit, they are holy, thanks to Adam and Eve. But Jesus' spirit is holy. He entrusted his spirit into God's hand. And he took on your sin and my sin on his shoulders. In fact, the Bible says in another place that he actually became sin for us so that we might be good with God. He breathes out his life for us. The first breath that God breathed out was to breathe life into human beings. He brings life and freedom to choose to human beings. But unfortunately, that freedom brought sin, came sin. He came and breathed into the world, becoming one of us. He became one of us. When God breathed out, he became one of us. When God breathed out on the cross, he breathed out his life for you and for me, for us, for us, all of us. We're all in this together. You might have heard that a lot on the television. It's great because around the world, we're all experiencing the hardship of this coronavirus together, whether it be physically or economically or mentally, emotionally. We're all in the same boat. And the same goes with the, why Jesus died on the cross. It was for all of us, all of us in the same boat. We're all in this together. And I love this account in Luke chapter 23, because it says after Jesus Christ, after God breathed out for us, it says in verse 47, when the Roman officer or the centurion, Roman centurion, overseeing the execution, saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, surely this man was innocent. I just love that because that guy is the least religious person I could think of in the Bible. And I love it because God is open, he's available to any kind of people. Doesn't matter what you call yourself, God is available for you to come to him through Jesus, because he breathed out his last for you. He breathed out his last breath for you. Why? Let's go to Luke 24. Verse 1. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. Ah, this sounds like an Easter Sunday message. The women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in. But they didn't find 
the body of the Lord Jesus. Why? They didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because God breathed in. God breathed in. You see, Jesus took earth and heaven and he united the two of them by breathing out and then three days later proving his power over death and your sin and my sin and your shame and my shame by breathing back in. And I'm so glad that Jesus breathed back in because if Jesus didn't breathe back in, there'd be no hope for any of us for eternity. We'd all be still stuck in the rut of trying to sacrifice something or working hard to please God, to make things right. And you know what? Sadly, a lot of us still are in that rut. We think to ourselves, if I'm just a better person, if I just don't do that, or if I just do that more, then God will be happy with me. But that's not what it's about. Christianity has never been about that. It's always been about how good Jesus is in my place and your place. And going from there in the power of his Holy Spirit. You see, God breathed out on the cross to die for sin once and for all. And then three days later, he breathed in to bring hope back to humanity. That was the first body with heaven involved inside of it for the very first time. That was God's plan from the very beginning. But because God is not a control freak, he wanted us to have a free choice. He wanted us to love him. Obviously not as much as he loves us. But he wanted us to choose to love him, and he still wants us to choose to love him. He will never force himself on anyone. And that's why he created Adam and Eve with a free choice. So they could choose to obey him and love him and have that freedom of relationship with God in the garden. But sadly, that was lost. It was broken. But Jesus, <laughs> he fixed it. He joined heaven and earth. He became sin for us and he breathed out a death that we all deserve to die. But because he loves us so much, he took your sin and my sin and our shame and he, and he buried it. It's dead and gone. And he breathed in again. He breathed fresh air in the lungs of a human being that was resurrected. And he sits exalted at the right hand of God right now. And one day he's going to come back and he's going to take us to be with him. It's either going to be a good day or it's going to be a sad day. And I hope it's a good day. But that depends on our choice today. That depends on our choice of who we believe Jesus is. Is he God? Is he God? Did he save us from our sins or not? And that's up to you. That's up to me. We have a free choice. We have a free will to choose whether we are going to believe that or not. And that's all it takes. Anyone can do it. A Roman centurion can do it. Just to believe that Jesus Christ is the righteous one and died in our place. And God breathes 
in. Hang on a second, I thought, Ian, I thought you said this sermon was called When God Breathed Out. You're confusing me. Well, it is. Because the story doesn't stop there. Jesus just didn't rise again so that he could have life forever. He ascended to heaven eventually and sent his Holy Spirit into our hearts as we believe in him so that we could have life forever. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. He's like kind of like a ticket to heaven, but he's more like a passport for life here on earth to get us by, to get us through. But God, he's still breathing out. God is still breathing out. Turn with me, if you can, to Luke's, uh, to John's Gospel in chapter 20. We looked a little bit about, uh, looked a little bit at John's Gospel at communion time. But after those two disciples encountered Jesus on the road to Emmaus, they met up with the other disciples in a locked room. And the story goes like this in John chapter 20. Verse 19, John chapter 20, verse 19, if you got it, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? They were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy. When they saw the Lord. Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. God breathing again. God breathing again. This time he's breathing the Holy Spirit into the disciples' life. Into the disciples' life. See, at this encounter, the disciples received the Holy Spirit from Jesus breathing on them. Now, we know that Thomas isn't in the room at this time. Thomas meets with Jesus a little while later. But we all know, well, I do anyway, you might, that in Acts chapter 2, we see God breathing again. God breathing again. This isn't just on a few men in a locked room somewhere. This is upon lots of people, men and women, possibly children in the room too. And in Acts chapter 2, this is about 50 days, I think 40 days after Jesus rose again. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Here's heaven invading earth again. In heaven, the heavenly getting into the earthly. God getting into people. Breathing. God breathing. And what happens is these people receive the Holy Spirit. But more than that, 
It's like when Jesus was with the disciples in the locked room, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. But in this account, in Acts chapter 2, we see what we call as Christians the birth of the church. It's where everything just went awesome straight away for a long time. You see, the disciples received the Holy Spirit in that locked room with Jesus. But here, the Holy Spirit receives them. All of them. Their whole life was changed. These men were just unlearned men that walked around with Jesus and listened to him for a few years. And people recognized that they had been with Jesus. These men walked around and placed their hands on people and healed the sick. Even their shadow would, would heal the sick. They raised dead people back to life. They cast out demons. They spoke with authority. They shared the good news that I'm sharing with you tonight. That God wants a relationship with you. And he wants you to turn to him. And he promises to breathe into your life. If you haven't accepted God as your Lord, as your King, as the boss of your life before, I want to encourage you that right now, why not? Why not do that tonight? Why not trust God? Why not make sure that that day when Jesus Christ comes back as the great King to take everyone to heaven, why not make sure that's a good day for you? But why not make sure that today you know that you can have your sins forgiven? You can have your past wiped clean. That God would forgive your sin, past, present and future, and give you hope for this life and the next. You see, Easter is the opportunity that all of us have to allow God to breathe into us. He's still breathing out. God is always breathing out. And thank God that he breathed in that day in the tomb to bring us hope for eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that because Jesus breathed in, because he is alive, he can bring life. He can bring love. He can bring hope. Thank you, God, that you are still breathing out, that you're still present with us, that you're still able to empower believers with your Holy Spirit, with your breath, regardless of their background or their religion or their situation right now. We thank you so much, God, that you receive all repentant hearts and you give us the promise of eternal life simply by believing that Jesus Christ paid the price of our sins that we could never pay. And he rose again from the grave with great power. And he gave the Holy Spirit. And he promises to do the same thing for us this, tonight as we trust in him. I want you to pray with me. If you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour tonight, we'd love to hear about it, but you don't need to tell us. You just need to tell God. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. If you're listening with us tonight, I'd love to lead you in a prayer 
to ask Jesus to be the king of your life on the 12th of April 2020. Let's pray. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've turned my back on you. I'm sorry for doing that. Please forgive me. I turn to Jesus as my Lord and the one who saved me from my sin. With his death on the cross, his burial and his resurrection. And I ask, Lord, that by believing in you, that you would send your Holy Spirit and breathe into my heart. Breathe into my life. Empower me to live the life that you've designed me to live. I trust you. I look to you. Thank you so much for your love. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe you're born again. That means you're a Christian. You follow Jesus. So welcome to the family. Get involved in a local church or obviously online these days. I'd love to hear any comments if you've got any. Let us know. We'd love to know. We're going to finish the service tonight with one last song. Uh, please join in. And um, make this a, a chance for you to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ tonight with us.